And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I am your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys are having a good week. A great episode for everyone today. Uh, we had my friend Stephen Harriet from the Stephen Harriet Show and CatholicVote.org on the show. I think it's been on like three or four times now. But uh, I always uh, always love talking with Stephen. Good guy. Smart guy. We always have a good chat. I just want no notes today. Um anytime me and Steven talk, we just have a good conversation, and it kind of goes off the rails anyway, so <laughs> whatever happens, happens, people. But I, I like those I like those kinds of shows. I, I don't like reading off notes and going point by point and stuff like that. That's boring. Um, but yeah, it was a good show. Uh, Steven had to run. He only had like, you know, 25 minutes or something, so it is a shorter show. And I know, guys, we've gotten some complaints. Um, a lot of our episodes lately have been super short, around a half hour or so, or less. And I promise... I'm going to make a conscious effort to do some longer interviews, um, some longer solo shows as well, and then try to get our time back up around 45 minutes where where I like to be. So I apologize for the short shows, but uh, uh, I will definitely do my best to uh, to make the shows longer in the near future. Um, before we get to Stephen, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit, or if you are a vape enthusiast already, check out Premier Vapor at premiervaporandlounge.com. Um, they have the largest selection of premium e-liquids anywhere in the country. They are all FDA compliant. Uh, really good stuff. Delicious stuff. They have any kind of battery, mod, tank, coil, anything you need. They have. Check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. Uh, free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks, And if you're in Northwest Ohio or traveling through Northwest Ohio, they have two uh, physical locations uh, in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. So check them out if you're in the area. Um, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate that. And these shows every Monday, every Wednesday, will always be free. But if you want to support us over on Patreon, please consider doing so. Uh, Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. Um, there's cool incentives over there if you decide to support us monthly. Um, we are launching a merch store shortly as well. And if you uh, if you uh, contribute on Patreon, you get discounts on all of our merch and stuff like that. So check it out. Patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. And uh, yeah. A lot of big stuff happening. I'm, we have a lot of great guests coming on. We've had some great guests lately. I've had some really, really fun chats with people. But uh, yeah, big stuff happening. We're constantly trying to make this thing bigger and better for you guys. And we always appreciate the support. Uh, without further ado, here is my chat with Stephen Harriet. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Stephen Harriet from the Stephen Harriet Show. Stephen, thanks so much for coming back on, my friend. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm honored to be on your program. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going no notes today. You've been on a couple times before, and anytime you're on, we just have a good conversation. So uh, whatever happens, happens. I've, I have no notes, no agenda. <laughs> Let's start off with a little That's bit of— That's the way of, to be. 
Absolutely. Let's start off with North Korea, or more specifically, the uh, the summit that President Trump had with Kim Jong Un in Singapore on Monday, or Monday, tu- Monday their time, I guess Tuesday morning our time. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I wh- I don't know what people expected to happen here. Um, it's mm-hmm. about about what I expected. They met. They shook hands. They had the photo op. They said nice things about each other, and they signed some document that doesn't really mean anything. It's like a promise to denuclearize, and then we promise to stop our war games with South Korea. And, and not a lot of substance, but I think it's a good first step. Um, what's your initial reaction? My initial reaction is uh, that, I, as, I, as I mentioned to you, I'm, I'm completely ignorant. I'm ignorant on this topic, but um, watching it, I'm, I'm one thing that I'd like to do when I'm completely ignorant on a topic is I'll pay attention to who's happy. Go, go, go on a podcast and talk about it. That's, that's right. Well, I almost <laughs> refused to come on. I mean, you really I know I had to, I'd to, have, to, to I know I'd have convinced you to, to still come back on when I said we're talking about Singapore. But right. Because I'm like, I'm trying to make it a practice not to talk, talk about things I don't know anything about. But there is one helpful practice you can do, which is if you're a consumer of, of media, what you do is you follow commentators who you trust on various topics. Right. And then you see what they have to say about it. And even better than that and more fun than that is also finding commentators who you thoroughly distrust and with good reason. Right. And when they are unhappy, you might uh, take that as a good sign. So uh, uh, an example of that would be Jennifer Rubin, who right. um, who is, of course, you know, uh, like a real hardcore conservative. And it's great to hear her commentary. <laughs> right. She's not. She's she's a token conservative in in, a, in liberal platforms. Her purpose is to be uh, a foil to the rest of conservatives. She's the sort of conservative who writes pieces that could be uh, summarized as, yes, the left, you're right. Most conservatives are subhuman, but I'm an exception. So uh, <laughs> her her thought uh, the other day, I'm, I'm assuming in relation to North Korea, was she, she tweeted out, God, do we need John McCain now? Um, oh, oh, God, do we not? We do not. Which, well, that. I mean, that's what warmongers say when they hear rumors of peace <laughs> right right <laughs> they, they want to invoke the genie of total war <laughs> that is john mccain they go and, straight they go straight war pigs generals huddled in their masses yeah. just like witches at black masses um yeah i mean lindsey graham speaking of the the warmongers lindsey graham came i believe it was on face the nation or something he said that president trump should ask congress for authorization of military force just in case Kim didn't want to sign this agreement or something. I'm like, is that, that's the most ridiculous, that's the worst possible thing you could do right now. Well, I mean, see, and the other, I mean, like, again, like, I'm not, I don't feel specialized enough to say for sure that's a terrible idea. But I, it, here in my, in my, in my uh, ignorance, I can say that the idea terrified me for sure. Like, hey, let's go into no negotiations with Hitler and uh, ahead of time, well, I shouldn't say Hitler. But anyway, the point is we should be going into negotiations with a very dangerous person who is holding over our heads the possibility of a nuclear holocaust. And the, the first thing we should do is we should say, well, by the way, we might send troops to you. That's, the, you know, that's pretty terrifying. Right. I, a lot of people on the right as well were, uh, were making comparat- comparisons between this and uh, like the Iran nuclear deal. And uh, Obama visiting Cuba and meeting with Raul Castro and stuff like that, and said, "Oh, if mm-hmm. if if President Obama were still president, and he went over to Singapore and met with Kim, we'd all be going crazy." And I mean, I'm sure that's true in some segments of the right, but I wouldn't. Like, I I had no mm-hmm. pro- like, I didn't 
dislike the Iran deal because Obama made a deal with Iran. I was very happy that we were negotiating with Iran. I, I hated the Iran deal because of the contents of the deal and the lies that came out surrounding it. The fact that Obama was lying about mm-hmm. it the entire time and it didn't actually stop mm-hmm. Iran from doing anything. And we gave him right. billions of dollars of cash, literally delivered pallets full of cash yeah. right to him. It wasn't that they were making a deal. I was like, this is great. If we can make a deal with Iran, that's that's fantastic. I would be praising President Obama if he met with Kim Jong-un. I'm, I'm sure Sean Hannity yeah, you know, wouldn't. You know, Right. Yeah. I mean, here's the sad thing. I mean, there's Sean Hannity's and and uh, and uh, uh, John Stewart's. And then there are the vast majority of us who are not very politically engaged. I'm becoming honestly, Brady, I'm becoming more and more convinced that that most liberals are not liberal. They're basically just they're 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 misled and um, complacent conservatives. And many conservatives are not really. Right. And a lot of conservatives are not conservative in the sense of loyal to the GOP. Um, and, and they they like, for instance, when Tulsi Gabbard gets out there and talks peace about Syria, uh, they like it and they don't really notice that she has a D after her name. But then there's the chattering classes of people who are who are very loud on political issues. And it's a sad thing. This was one thing when I was watching the North Korea negotiations on TV, a sad thing occurred to me, which was you know what, a, a, a large proportion of the commentariat, at least, would be unhappy with Trump for doing those things if he was a Democrat. Right. In other words, Trump just got elected. He could be doing many, many of the same things. And if he had a D after his, if he ran on the Democrat ticket, the same people who are hating on him would be loving him for what he's doing. And the same people who are loving him would be hating on him for what he's doing. There would be a way of portraying it as a, a betrayal of conservative the conservative base. You know what I mean? There's always that sort of, that's very sad, but that partisan uh, fervor is all too alive. Right. And yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head and it is, it is disgusting. Um, I just, I don't know, man, like, and this is, I'm ignorant on, on most foreign policy issues as well. And this is a way oversimplified way to look at it. But when it comes to foreign policy, like I almost ask myself, you know, when the question is, should the president be doing this? Should the president be doing that? Whether it's using military force against ISIS or whether it's whatever, you know, meeting with, you know, Obama meeting with Cuba. Like I, I was fine with that. I mean, we should try to open up Cuba. I didn't like that we got nothing out of it. I mean, they don't. Mm-hmm. Produce, the only thing they produce that we want are cigars. So it's kind of a lopsided. You know, they got a, a bunch of cash and we got you know, cigars, which I mean, Cubans are and deli- some, delicious, and, but you know, and some, and some pretty good music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some good music. But, um, I, I almost just asked myself if our president of the United States, would I meet with Kim Jong-un? Absolutely. Of course. I mean, like, let's say I, Brady Leonard was elected president and I had two choices. One, kick the can down the road, you know, just do nothing about the fact that this, this rogue state has nuclear weapons, uh, leave the people of South Korea living in fear. I mean, Seoul, South Korea has mm-hmm. a metropolitan area. I believe there's 20 million people in the Seoul metropolitan area, and that's 30 miles from the DMZ. So I'm like, okay, would I just kick the can down the road like everybody else, or would I do anything in my power to change the situation? Of course I would. And Well, okay, and one thing I did kind of like is Trump made some comments that that I think were generally portrayed as just sort of trolling the left. But actually, there there might have been more substance to them. So when he's talking the, con- the condos and the, <laughs> the condos, <laughs> right. that might have been more substantial. Like it was a sort of message of, hey, you know, it, you know, what other uh, 
you know, take a look at the alternative to a totalitarian, anti-democratic and anti-capitalist regime. Like it's pretty, like right. in the most basic sense. Um, that's that's actually not bad rhetoric when you're, especially if he's speaking kind of between the lines to the North Korean people as well as to their leader. Who, I mean, let's face it, we can't help the fact that the leader of North Korea rules North Korea completely. So you can't negotiate on behalf of the people of North Korea by talking directly to them. There's right. it's not an option. So when he's talking to Kim, first of all, he's flattering the guy because he's maniacally arrogant. Um, and then the other thing is he's saying, "Hey Kim, check. Have you heard of you know you know about condos? You know I do real estate, and you know you can do with capitalism. You can do all this cool stuff. And ultimately, that's a humane message that you know." The best case scenario in the world would be that Kim says, yeah, I do kind of like, like that. Right. And, and then, then the he starts you not know, wrong. Hate it, and that would be good for his people. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Appar- apparently, Trump actually showed Kim like a presentation on his iPad, <laughs> like a, co- a coastline in North Korea would look like under under capitalism, which is a hilarious way to, to do business. But I don't know, man. And look, I. It was unsettling to see the American flag standing side by side with the North Korean flag. Like, obviously, that, yeah, that made me uncomfortable. And it made me uncomfortable hearing President Trump praise Kim Jong-un, who's probably the closest thing to Hitler we have alive right now. Um, But did anybody expect this is how this is how Trump negotiates? Like, he said the similar things about Vladimir Putin. Like, this is if anybody's surprised that this is the tactic that he took, they probably haven't been paying attention for the last year and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, that's where I, I lose it. I, I really don't know. I look at North Korea and I really don't know how to treat it. I, I mean, it's not like North Korea could aid us against a common enemy. It is the enemy. Right. You see what I'm saying? So like, I think of those disgusting pictures that really trouble me of Churchill sitting very uncomfortably with Stalin and right. FDR the same. And I've read about it and I know that at that time there were gulags. And that and that at that time, our intelligence knew that there were gulags and that some of the people in those gulags, by the way, were American citizen expats. Right. So it's disturbing when whenever the leader of the free world or in the case of Churchill, the leader of the slightly less free world, (laughs) (laughs) you know, play patty cakes with these dictators. In the case of World War II, they did it in, in, because they had a common interest. They had an enemy that, that really was an enemy of democracy as well, of course, the Third Reich. But with this, it is disturbing. And I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. But I'm not knowledgeable enough to sound off definitively and say, he should not have done that. You know what I mean? Right. And I just, I don't know, man. One of our closest allies is Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so, Gross. I mean, like, it's they're one of our top trading partners in the region I, I don't know, man. There's bad people in the world. Like, in when you're when yeah. you're the president of the United States, you have to make deals with bad people. Like, I don't. It's it's been like this in the history of the world. Like, it's we can't only do business with the good guys because there's just not enough good guys. Like, there's a lot of bad people. I mean, the king well, of, and, of Saudi Arabia is a bad man, and you know we send a delegation yeah. over there and they're dancing in the streets with swords and stuff like that. And it. It's just the world we live in. Do I wish the world was not <laughs> a fallen world? Of course. But what the hell are we supposed to do about it? You got to make, you know, do the yeah. best you can. And and like I said, to be honest, like I'm not comfortable with our alliance with Saudi Arabia um, to the point where I kind of condemn it. I mean, because it's so evil. And yeah, um, 
and I say, you know what, we have common enemies, but you know what, some of the enemies, some of our enemies are less evil than Saudi. Um, so what are we doing with Saudi? Um, and, and so in the case of North Korea, it's an entirely different scenario, though, because it has nothing to do with strategy other than, I hate to say this, but negotiating that they don't kill everyone. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be, I, I, I think being nuked would be a bad thing, and I don't want to get nuked. <laughs> I tend to agree so with that's, you. Yeah, and that's what's going on there is we're literally negotiating for a madman not, not to destroy the world. You know, and there's no other common enemy that we're trying to strategize along with him against. So I don't know. It's pretty scary stuff. I do know that if, if we were to go to war with North Korea, uh, nothing would scare me more. Right. Nothing. Nothing would be too worse. And so the alternative of I don't know. They're trying some other stuff. You know, it's different than Saudi is my point. So, right. Saudi, I say there's a disproportionate. Uh, it doesn't make sense that we would side with Saudi against people less evil than Saudi. Right. That's why it bothers me. With North Korea, it's like there's no other player here. It's us versus them, and they're trying to destroy us. That's just, I don't know what to do with it. Right. I mean, I I don't know. Trying to prevent nuclear war, like you said, I think is the most important thing a president or any world leader can do. We've never been in a, a hot nuclear war. And I pray to God mm -hmm. we, we never are because uh, it would be something like we've never seen before. And, you know, look, I see some parallels. People try to draw parallels. Uh, between Trump and Kim to uh, to President Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev, which I mean, I guess I mean they're completely different situations. The Soviet Union was infinitely more powerful than North Korea uh, yeah. is back then. But you know, it, it started with President Reagan calling the Soviet Union the evil empire. You know what I mean? And then uh, Gorbachev comes to power, and then they they meet and they meet in Reykjavik, Iceland, and they accomplish nothing. You know, it's just the—I think they had three or four summits before they actually got anything substantial done. And uh, I think it took all the way to about 1987, I think. But I remember in 1987—I don't remember. I wasn't born then. But I remember reading about it. President Reagan went to Moscow to meet with Gor Gorbachev in 1987 after they had signed an arms reduction deal. And then a reporter yeah. said, Mr. President, do you still think you're standing in an evil empire? And he said no. He said, what changed? He said, well, I was talking about a different time, a different era. And he just had his arm around Gorbachev, and they were kissing babies and shaking hands and stuff. And I mean, I guess the only parallel you could make with, with Trump and Kim is that that, like, seven-year process of changing rhetoric happened in about three months, <laughs> you know, from Little Rocket yeah. Man and Fire and Fury to, uh, you know, I, I think we got along great, and, and uh, I think he wants to do the right thing. I mean, <laughs> it took Reagan and Gorbachev seven years. Um, I don't know, man. I Look, we're at, we're at the top of the first inning with this, right? Like, yeah. we're not, so I, I do despise like the Sean Hannity types that are basically declaring mission accomplished, saying North Korea isn't a nuclear threat anymore. I'm like, okay, well, that's ridiculous. And mm -hmm. I also can't stand the people on the left and on like the the never Trump right that are saying, oh, he never should have done it. This is just like Obama going to Cuba. I'm like, all right, both of those positions to me seem ridiculous. I, I see no merit in either one yeah. of those positions. It's it's somewhere in the middle and. I don't know. Yeah, there was there was a con there's a commentator um, Joshua Charles who is he said something to the effect of uh, millions of lives are at stake, so shut up with your hot takes, like grow up. Right. And and I and, and that's kind of how I feel right now. Only like I, I don't I don't even have lukewarm takes because I'm just <laughs> sort of I'm just sitting and I'm just sit watching everyone 
and just saying, wow, I hope we don't get bombed to death. And also thinking, you know, it's kind of funny that one of the most evil people alive looks a lot like a Cabbage Patch kid. He certainly does. That is something we can all agree on. I know you you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you have a hard card off. you got to go in five minutes. So let's uh, change gears here uh, briefly. Um, the only other thing I really want to touch on today was uh, this Chick-fil-A situation. Chick-fil-A is always coming up in the news for some reason. But Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of Twitter, uh, posted a picture of him eating Chick-fil-A. Oh, the horror. Yeah. <laughs> and just got absolutely attacked from the left because apparently, um, I wasn't aware of this, but apparently it's Gay Pride Month. I remember, like, Pride Week. I didn't know there was a whole month. but um, uh, And then he said, oh, I apologize for, for eating Chick-fil-A. I should have known better. And he's forced to by these leftist fascist bullies. Uh, he, Jack Dorsey is, uh, you know, walks back his enjoyment of eating Chick-fil-A. Um, yeah. Just insane stuff, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, it was fun because I, I, I know I know a lot of traditionalist Catholics. And of course, they're in, they immediately saw the parallel. Um, and they said, oh, yes, uh, we have a new liturgical calendar and as a nation, a new religion. And uh, this, you, this is like saying, uh, how could you do this thing during Sabbath? How right. could you do this thing during Ramadan? Right. Don't you know that that's that, that that's unclean or, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that is that is uh, that is a, an obvious parallel that I thought was pretty insightful from trads that came out of, about it. But the other thing is that generally it's actually pretty it's pretty insidious because. I, I tweeted about it. I just said, imagine openly denigrating any other group besides Orthodox Christians with euphemisms like uh, talking about, quote unquote, their background, right. which is what Jack what Jack Dorsey said. So, I mean, let me, he said uh, uh, Soledad O'Brien from CNN called him out. She said, this is an interesting company to boost during Pride Month, Jack, because he had boosted it. And he said, you're right. Completely forgot about their background. Their background of That's what? That's bigotry. Dis- discrimination? They've, you know, Chick-fil-A has never discriminated against anybody. They, Their background is simply that they have they have ties to Orthodox Christianity. Right. Period. That's it. That's it. And, and so imagine saying, oh, we shouldn't, we should never promote or, or, or include people with Muslim backgrounds or Jewish right. backgrounds or Rast- Rastafarian backgrounds. Can you imagine? Their, their background, I mean, if only... Christianity were not merely an ethnicity but a race. We could finally get a, get get some status as a protected class. Because, but but the way that you speak about a culture in that way, it, it's not it's it, it, it's um it smacks actually of the same rhetoric that's used um, in genocides. Right. And I know that sounds it sounds melodramatic, but when insofar as America is a nation um, that is uh, that is, and I think it is, or originally was, a, a Protestant Christian nation. Right. Right. Insofar as we have an actual, a cultural identity that relates to the faith of uh, of our founders, and I think we do, and a good argument can be made for that. No, oh, absolutely. To talk to, to talk that disparagingly about Christians it reminds me a little bit of genocidal, not genocide itself, but genocidal um, attitudes that eventually in a long long, long time will lead to genocide. Yeah, it's, it, right. it sounds dramatic, but it's but it's that's what it, it's it's very demonstrable. It's just plain true. Yeah, Sorry. there's there's a ton of similarities in the rhetoric there. And uh, one, one more point on Chick-fil-A. They've handled I mean, they've been blasted in the media for, I don't know, seven, eight years now. 
it was just their their CEO said he supported traditional marriage, and that yeah, but that you know he hires gay people and he's friends with gay people and it doesn't matter. they'd never discriminate against anybody. Just the fact that he supported traditional marriage, which a ton of Orthodox Christians do, and they've handled all the the negative press exactly the way you're supposed to the exact way that we all should and that is completely ignore it and keep doing your thing do not cave in don't apologize say nothing pretend it didn't happen and keep serving chicken sandwiches that is the perfect way to do it and that's how we should all handle these leftist mobs these leftist bullies i mean the only time i will ever apologize on this show is if i get something wrong if i get a fact wrong or i I misquote someone i'll start off the next show saying hey i screwed this up this is what i meant but I would never apologize for, like, offending a leftist or something. And, I mean, I, I like that Chick-fil-A's never backed down. They've never apologized. You know, it's, it's playing offense instead of playing defense. I think too much of us on the right or in the conservative movement play so much defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. I, and I agree, I agree with that. And the other thing is one little final note is that a lot of uh, talk about the left from the right is bizarrely uh, relativistic. Because we often look at the left, and I hear all these right-wing commentators who say, look at the left, they're so dogmatic and so judgmental and moralistic. And I say, okay, but don't forget the fact that we are too. We are too. We should be. We're Christians. We're kind of famous, as I once wrote, for believing in heaven and hell and the Uh people who are destined to go to each place. We do believe in evil, and we do believe in good. The problem with the left isn't that it judges, it's that it judges wrongly. Right. Right. So we have every right to make moral judgments and we should be doing that as well. Chick-fil-A kind of did that when they said, I mean, this, this is the thing that really gets me conservative, uh, uh, social conservatism and, and Christian concepts that are at the core of our belief system. Uh, we act like they don't exist and, and no one's fooled by it because we know that Christianity condemns, for instance, um, sex outside of marriage and homosexual activity. It's wrong. We believe it is evil. We believe in right and wrong. And everyone backs down from ever saying that. I've never heard a statement against the LGBT movement. I can't remember the last time I heard a statement against the LGBT movement or its tenets that wasn't uh, prefaced with, well, I'm gay, but, or I'm pro-gay marriage, but, well, what if? What about us? What about, I mean, I won't speak for you, but what about people like me? <laughs> We've never backed down. Are you saying, are you throwing us under the bus? What about, don't we have a right to just absolutely reject something? Because of our ancient faith? I think we do. You see what Every, I'm saying? No, everybody has that right other than Christians, like you said. It's simple, yeah. it's simple Stephen. Yeah. Well, hot fire from Stephen Harriet, as always. Uh, we'll have you back on soon, man. I know you got to run. Uh, hopefully you can uh, come on for longer next time. <laughs> Sounds but, uh, good. All right, everybody follow Stephen at Stephen Harriet. Check out the Stephen Harriet Show on iTunes and YouTube and everything else. Check out CatholicVote.org. Uh, we love you, buddy. We appreciate you. And everybody listening, we will be back on Monday. No gimmicks.